Tune in to Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson. Who is Regina Johnson? Author, pastor, motivational speaker, and life coach. Regina is inspirational, motivating others to live out their purpose. Regina is passionate, tenacious, and relentless about helping others fulfill their destiny. Her goal is to bring a refreshing to someone's life. Join us every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Dial in to share your heart with Regina at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. And remember that Regina says... We all know you really haven't failed until you stop trying. I want to be to people what others have been to me. And so that's, that's really the purpose of Refresh. It's the end of the day for people to feel refreshed. So call in at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. You'll be blessed by her wisdom, strategies, and encouragement. That's Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good evening. I'd like to welcome you to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. I'd like to also not only welcome you to Refresh, but I want to welcome you to our telethon today, our Back to School telethon. Our special guest Tasha Sterling who's a teacher in the Huntsville area, uh, and she's going to be sharing with us the importance of giving. Um, if you're not uh, plugged in or just, you know, know exactly where to go, there is a link. It's uh, NHISG Media Network, and uh, you can also reach us at NHISG Media Network. Dot com. When you go there, you'll not only find information about the telethon, but you'll also find information on how you can give. And today, uh, it's about giving. It's about supporting children who don't get the support through the schools and their teachers. Also, today we have a special guest. There's a, a team called Capstone. And during our break, they're going to be bringing uh, special acoustic sets for us. And so we want to thank you guys for being here today. We want to welcome, before we get started, everybody to Capstone and everybody uh, to the telethon. Thank you. For being here. All right, Tasha, um, I'm glad that you're here today and able to, you know, share really your heart. I know that this is like your... Um, Second, is it your second year going into your third year? Going into my second year. Going into your third year. But you know what? I I always do this, and I can't believe I forgot. I want to give a shout-out to my girl, Princess Cooper, who really is making all of this possible, who had enough forethought uh, to know that there are some school districts that need support. And so I want to take this opportunity to thank Princess and every radio host that is on today pushing for resources to help kids get the get what's needed in the classrooms. Uh, so anyway, Tasha, this is your your third year. I want you to tell me, give us a little bit of background. Uh, you didn't start out teaching always. Um, that wasn't the goal. You were actually you retired military. Not retired, but okay. I was in the army for how long? Um, off and on about seven years. I did some active duty for four, and then I got out and did some reserve time, mm-hmm. and then I went back in for three. Okay. Active duty, and then I got back out, and that's when I became a teacher. I got my degree while I was in while you were in the military. So is teaching something that you always wanted to do? Always, from a little kid. Really? I can remember playing school with my stuffed animals and teaching them and lining them up and playing with the little worksheets that they would give you the extra ones at the end of the year and and trying to write on all the paper in the house and. Yeah, I loved it, and I loved to read, so I would read to them every night, and oh, wow. all of those things. Well, I know being in the classroom is quite different than being with your stuff, than being with your stuff, animals, yes, right? And I'm laughing right? because 
<laughs> you know, this is not like some random person that we pulled in. I actually know her, so I hear the real stories, you know, about all of her little sweet friends uh, for the past, you know, two uh, plus years. And there have been some good days, and there have been some tough days. Um, but she's back again, and you have no plans of of leaving because uh, really the truth of the matter is it's reaching a generation that can service the next generation. So share a little bit about, you know, and, and, and by all means, you are a kindergarten. I didn't need to leave that out. This is where it starts people. Like you might not think there's much going on in that kindergarten class, but if we don't lay a foundation there, it's, it's off. It's off. It's, so go ahead. it's so different because when people say kindergarten, they think you play, but it's definitely not. We're not playing. We're not building playing house, and they're not building brick houses, and we're learning. We're learning the alphabet. They're learning how to add. They're learning how to write. They're learning um, missing numbers like four plus what equals six. I mean, they're learning. And the curriculum is hard. It's almost like they're in first grade. But these are five- and six-year-olds that were taking that know nothing coming in most of the time or have not had pre-K sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they haven't. Sometimes they haven't. Um, and we're setting that foundation for them to be reading by the time they leave, for them to be able to do basic math facts before they leave, for them to be able to write at least two or three sentences and come up with a story. Like they need to be able to make a story. And when you're saying this, this sounds like something that should be happening with kids that are even older. I mean, listening to you, I'm feeling a little stressed <laughs> in my life right now, uh, you know? And so, um, but we're talking about taking it on at kindergarten and how important is it that they get this? It is so important because truly when they don't get it in kindergarten, it, it follows them in first grade. So now they're behind. They didn't leave kindergarten on the level they should be. They don't know the things they should. And now some kids will catch up in first grade because it just clicks Mm -hmm. because it's an age thing. Some are younger Mm -hmm. and sometimes it will click and they'll make it like they'll catch up with their peers, but some do not catch up. And so then you see it in first. Now there's a gap. Then they go to second and there's a gap. In third, there's a gap. And it's hard. The bigger the gap gets, the harder it is to close. Like you have third, fourth graders that are on a first, second grade reading level. Because they didn't get the foundation. Because they didn't get it. Sometimes they think it's because maybe they have a learning disability or, or something like that. But a lot of times it's just simply because... They didn't get it at the very beginning. Is right. that right? It is. Or they had a hard time catching on and people think it's a stigma with holding your kid back or, you know, something like that. So they keep pushing this child on and the child's not ready to be pushed on. And so now the gaps keep increasing and the child gets frustrated mm-hmm. somewhere, usually between second and third, you'll see it. They'll, they'll just give up because mm-hmm. they realize now that they're not as smart as in their second parents. grade. You oh, see yes. oh, yes. they, oh, yeah, they get frustrated, and then you'll see behavior problems increase right. because they feel like they're dumb or they can't get it, they can't learn, they don't understand why their other peers are getting it and mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. You see. I think that's important. You made a, a, a good point. You're saying, like, you know, they won't hold them back. I personally feel like that, you know, if you notice that a child is struggling. Because a lot of times they are, they're just young. I had uh, my my youngest daughter was young, uh, going into first grade, and everything about what she was doing and the other little kindergartners that were getting ready to progress to first grade was so different. She was her play was young. Um, it was hard for her to sit down and be still, and it wasn't because you know she was ADHD. It was because she was just young, just young, developmentally young, and a birthday, her birthday's in June, and, and so some of them were ready, you know, to, to be six, and she was just getting that next little age, you know, thing, and so it was very hard, and so I personally made the decision to not move her on to first grade, and I put her in a homeschool group. When she came out of the homeschool group for first grade, I, uh, she was reading. She was right where she needed to be and is a strong reader and very social still today. Have you noticed that even when you try to interject with their parents, 
that, you know, maybe your little Johnny needs a little more time here, you know, in kindergarten. Uh, how is their response? Some parents are great and others are like, no, you're not holding my child back. I want them to go ahead. You can show them all the data. I mean, we're not just like making something up. Like we have proof, like we're right. showing them work samples. Right. We're showing them assessments that we've done one-on-one -on -one with this child. We're showing them what they learned from the beginning to now and what, what they need to learn in first grade and why we think as an educator that you should hold your child back. But even with that, some parents do not support that decision. When you see that happening, what, how does that make you feel? As an educator, it makes, it makes me feel sad only because I know that child is going to struggle when they don't have to. Uh -huh. When there are some children, now I'm not saying some do need to move on because it's more than just them not getting it. There is something there mm -hmm. learning-wise mm -hmm. right. that needs to be um, dealt with uh -huh. and addressed, and they usually don't do that in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So then that's the decision as a teacher, like, is this something that I can correct if I hold the child back for another right. year, right. or is this something that may be simple as this child is dyslexic? Okay. And they, they won't, won't give a diagnosis. No, they'll screen them. We mm -hmm. screen them at the end of the year, but they won't start giving them intervention or help until around first or second grade at our district. Some districts do do kindergarten. Like mm -hmm. we do intervention in the classroom, mm -hmm. which for most educators know like tier one and tier two is classroom and tier three is where they get pulled out. Right. And so we do tier one and tier two in the classroom. Now, without us jumping ahead, because I really do want to talk to you about the reason why we're doing the telethon, because it is to get assistance, it's to get support. Um, without us just kind of just sharing all of it, and you're saying, like, the support of kids, not only just in the classroom and with what you have, but sometimes you need extra things to help bring or uh, cut the light on in kids, and in your district, it, the extras don't come, am I right? Right, it doesn't. And even when you ask parents, they the parents don't have it to give. Now, you you could get one or two parents that, that do and will ask you what do you need. Are you saying one or two out of a classroom of how many 22 kids? 22 kids. 22 kids. Yeah. yeah. And you may get three, but most of the time you have one or two good parents that will pretty much support your class right. like with snacks or mm -hmm. you know, you just feel, you as an educator fill in the gap, but they do help. They right. try to help. Right. But Yes, you do, like um, alphabet beads for kindergartners where they can string the beads and do their name or make words. Um, which, seem, which seem like just play right, to your average individual. Like even today when you were talking to me, you were saying, yeah, like Play-Doh is important. I'm like, Play-Doh, how does that, putting puzzles in puzzles, what does that have to do with reading? But clearly there's a method to the madness, right? There is, and Play-Doh is so Man, we use Play-Doh in so many ways, even shaving cream. We use Play-Doh to build up letters and numbers and addition problems. We make little balls and take them away. I mean, we use Play-Doh for so many things. And we use shaving cream for them to write their numbers or write their alphabet, write their name. I mean, there's so many things to keep it engaging for them. But it does. It does cost money, and it does means there is a sacrifice that has to be made. And you're not in that district. You're not in one of the higher-paying districts. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not. So you're not in a higher-paying district, right? Right. And then you're taking your own resources right. and supplementing for what you do not get. Right. Is that correct? Right, because we get we have some of the basics, like the math manipulatives and some of the, like, word tiles, but kids get bored. I mean, five and six years old, they don't want to play with the same thing, so you do have to add different things and um, look things up like Lakeshore and add different things into your centers because we do now what's called Daily Five. And so your centers, they're going to that every day while you're working with small groups. And so you have to keep it engaging or they're going to start fighting and right. playing. And So we're not talking about you know, we need donations for toys. No, we're talking right. about things that will help them to, to learn, yes. help them to learn. Well, Tasha, we're going to come back in just a few minutes. Uh, I am excited to uh, really talk a little bit more to you about, you know, really what's needed in the classroom. I really want you to be able to paint a picture clearly of what is going on there, especially in your district, and what's needed. I want to bring to you guys now, Capstone.
Johnson, your host for Refresh. I want to thank you for plugging in today. You're actually plugging into our telethon. We're raising funds for back to school, for back to school programs. And we have a teacher here uh, with us today, none other than our own Tasha Sterling. Welcome to the show, Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. You have another uh, a guest that's with you. I do. Um, another teacher from your district? She is. She's Her, actually my team lead. She's actually your team lead. Now, when you say a team lead, exactly what do you mean by that? She kind of is in charge of us, all of our kindergarten teachers, and she kind of helps us and instructs us and gives us guidance and passes all the information down from the principal. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Megan, we want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Good to have you here. Can we hear? All right. Good. Good, good. All right, so um, as you know, we're in the middle of a telethon. We're raising funds for uh, teachers uh, to help support them. I want you to share a little bit about how important it is to have support systems that will help you to have all that's needed in your classrooms uh, to support the kids right where they need it. Actually, in a classroom, correct? Yes, ma'am. And so, are you te- you're teaching kindergarten also? I'm ma- teaching kindergarten. Awesome. Yes, How long have you been doing this? Uh, this will be my seventh year and my fourth year teaching kindergarten. Wow. So, okay, Megan. How do you how do you make it? How do I make it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, mm-hmm. to fall back onto and your, you know, um, co-workers as well or a big support system because it, it's not an easy job. We, I heard that your area is kind of challenging. Could you share a little bit about that? Uh, yes, we work in a, a Title One school district, uh, which means that, you know, a lot of our kids come from homes that, you know, they'll finish, they can't support buying basic school supplies um, and things of that nature. And so when you have those kids, it's not just even school supplies where you need uh, support. Sometimes you actually need people to actually come in and help, uh, you know, with just some of the, you know, like assisting, like how you would normally in um, other areas where the teachers, I was sharing with uh, Tasha that I have had kids, uh, my kids have grown up in Mm -hmm. districts to where like I didn't know if the parents were aides at the school or, you know, why? Because they would be there all the time. You guys don't have the luxury of having that all the time. Is that correct? Uh, no, we don't. You know, I've had some years I have never talked to or even seen a parent. Um, they're just not involved. Wow. How does that affect the children when you have that? Um, you know, I've had some, you know, you can tell. And I've had some you would never know they have a, a home life, you know, what they have. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on the kids. Wow. So when we're talking about Title I uh, school district, um, it's okay. Academically, you guys are on the same level as everyone else, of course. Um, but it's just that your students come from a much uh, or a more difficult, challenging uh, background. What are some of the things that you see uh, that you know are direct effects from them being in that area? Uh, you know, we have some kids, you know, their, their behavior comes out at school. Um, you know, again, we don't know what's going on at home. You know, they may tell us, they may not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it affects their behavior at school. And, you know, there's some kids who they need love, you know, before you can give them the academics. They need to know you care about them and, and you understand them. And they need that support as well from you as a teacher. And it's really important when they're that young. Absolutely, when yes. It's, when it's that young. Yeah, yeah, when it's that young. Um, I'm, if there was something that you would like uh, to see happen for during this uh, this telethon uh, that would help make y'all's journey a little bit better, uh, what is that that you would like to see happen? Um, you know, again, definitely having that support, you know, especially financially. You know, like you said, there's some kids who, you know, it may be clothes they need. Um, you know, they've worn the same shoes all year. Um, we've had that. Um you know, again, just basic school supplies and things of that nature. Okay. At the beginning of the school year, do you see a lot of children that are in need? And I'm glad you said that about clothes or shoes that are in. Do you see a lot of that where you can tell this child Uh, didn't get anything for school? Absolutely. Yes, we do. And like I said, there's some kids who come in, they don't bring anything with them the first day of school. Okay. All right. Wow. So it definitely takes the support system. I'm glad that you said that because, you know, if you're listening uh, to the show, and I know that you are, uh, and we have other hosts that are also on the air, um, that's something else that we want to keep in mind, that it's not just monetary. You know, if you can just uh, maybe send uh, uh, like a note asking for like shoe sizes or what else could you give? even if you don't have, you know, the resources or if you have the resources and you want to designate it to where we can buy, you know, shoes or clothing. Winter will be here in a little bit. And if if they don't have the shoes now, they might need it during the winter. And so we want our listeners to just really plug in and assist in any way. So don't get stuck. You might know someone that can help in a way that we've not thought about, you know, everybody gives backpacks and everybody, you know, we give like, you know, the supplies, but, you know, maybe the children have a need. Maybe there's some big brother, big, big sister programs that can give, because you might've heard Megan said, maybe they need love, just, just love support, knowing that they are, are there, are there. You know, while I have you on the line, you know, and I, I'm kind of just throwing them under the bus, but the leader of, um, of the group Capstone, when you were a small boy, uh, it was, you were challenged, right? And just kind of thrown under the bus, right? So you know what it's like to just show up and just not have that support system uh, at school. 
Yeah, uh, it was definitely a struggle. Um, I feel like that if, uh, if more stuff was kind of given to the school, uh, would be a lot better prepared for the teachers to be able to do an even better job than what they were already doing because it's kind of hard on a teacher whenever, you know, you got 22 to 25 kids in, in one room and you're having to, you know, supply these, bring in these supplies for all these kids, you know, plus whatever your expenses may be too. Right, um, right. And then that kind of takes the focus off of actually teaching to providing, and then you're not able, fully able to, to be able to do your, your job to afford to do it. Right. And then you get more time uh, where you can even connect with the children uh, more emotionally because and that's really where I was going with that with you was that during that time when you were small, you really needed somebody to connect with you, right? Yeah. 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 I think uh, if, if my teachers didn't have, uh, if it was just me in the classroom, yeah, it would have worked out fine. But, you know, it's hard when you got, you know, kids that, that are coming from different homes that they might not be receiving everything that they need emotionally uh, at during that time period. So it's like you're having to watch one kid and then you got these 25 other kids too. So it's really, it's really hard. So given in, given to, you know, supplies and stuff, I think would definitely help. That's important. That's yeah. important. We're asking everyone that's listening to just give, like not only give of your supplies, but give of your time. You know, you can volunteer at schools also. Uh, you know, you probably have to do a background, but it's simple. Uh, to look at, you know, uh, just a little bit, you know, I think as, as long as you don't have any major offenses that you can come in and you can help, uh, you know, they, the parents can't always be there. Sometimes their lives are so challenging or they, they need help themselves, but we have people that can show up and can assist and help the teachers. And so today I want to thank you, Megan, for being a part uh, I know that Tasha appreciates your input on today, and uh, we're going to do our part to make sure that we can help make uh, your team uh, a little stronger this year. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, Tasha, we're talking to uh, Megan, and she was talking about, like, you know, the kids come and they have all sorts of needs, right? Right. You have all sorts of needs. And... Uh, I, I, the part that kind of stuck out with me was that she said, you know, maybe they just might need, they might need love. Yeah. They might need love. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit, like, give me a story about a child uh, or just you and not calling any names, but right. some of the challenges that you saw. I can give you year. a lot of stories. Um, they do need love and some of them don't ask for it in the best way they ask for by throwing a chair or throwing a pencil. No, we're talking about kindergarten. Oh, yeah, we're talking about kindergartners. Throwing chairs. Throwing chairs, throwing the pencil, getting mad because they need that affection. And then you'll have some that um, eventually, once they warm up, they'll, they'll tell you, like, Miss Sterling, I love you, and they wait to see if you're going to respond. And then when you do... They open up even more. They hug you. They want your affection. They want that love. Even even the students that do receive it at home, they still want it from their teacher. But the ones who um, don't receive it at home, it's like they soak it up. Like they're the ones that are always under you. They're the ones that, Miss Sterling, I did this or I did that or come see me or come, come watch me or just all kinds of things. And they'll constantly, I have one little, little kid tell me, all the time, like, Miss Sterling, I love you. Miss Sterling, do you love me? Miss Sterling, am I doing a good job? Miss Sterling, did you see this? I mean, constantly needing that reinforcement. I remember you having one kid that said that he wanted to come home with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He wanted to come home with you. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think you can go home with me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, go I'm going home with you. That's not like just because I want to take a trip. No. They want to be where they feel loved yes. and nourished. You've even had one that said that his mom, his stepmom, didn't love him. That's, yeah. that's who he had. His, his biological mother was gone. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, you're like, well, you know, I don't know how that came about. But right. he ended up saying, she doesn't love me. Right. And and this mom is involved and is, but that connection, sometimes there's not, 
there's not that emotional connection. And kids can tell when you're connected to them emotionally or you're not. I mean, you can be a great provider and show up for them. But if, you, if you're not connected to them, they, they know that. If you really care or not, or if you're just showing up because not, I don't want to say you have to, because I think this woman really does love him, but he doesn't feel it on the level that kids connect, right? the emotional right. level. And, you know, that could be for a variety of reasons, but, but he, this student did want to come home with me. But they know I love them, and I make sure that I tell them that, all of them, that I love them and that they are amazing every day and that they can do hard things. We talk about that a lot. Um, and just constantly reinforcing how amazing they are. Well, uh, for those of you that are listening, I want you to just go over to NHISG Media Network. Uh, and then uh, log in to NHISG Media. Uh, I'm sorry, Media. Oh my goodness, I just kind of went blank on my on my notes. I want you to go to NHISG Media Network dot uh, com. I'm trying to do this without glasses. I'm gonna learn that lesson. It does not work if you can't see. It's not gonna magically happen. But I want you guys to go in, and there is a gift button. And there should be a place where even you can make comments to where, like, what you can do. Maybe you don't have the resources, but you have information on how to get resources here. We are in the in Texas, here in the Huntsville area. Uh, you're in the Trinity, Trinity County, is that correct? Yes. Trinity County. Uh, and uh, the name of your school? Huntsville Elementary. It's Huntsville Elementary. And this is Tasha Sterling. She's a kindergarten teacher. And we'll be back in a few minutes. But right now, you're listening to Capstone.
You need help. You need physical help. Right. Let's go back to the part. How many parents do you really have that you've seen over the past few years that you've taught actually able to plug in and be a part? I've never had any parents come in and help me. Now, I've had them help me with snacks or donations, but I've never had a parent come into my classroom and assist me unless it was because I needed them to observe their child for other reasons. Right. But never just to say, oh, I've never had a parent ask, hey, do you need something? Can I cut something? And, and I- let me interject. That's, that's not because they don't, they don't see the need or many of them can't. Right. I remember you telling me one year that there was a, te- a parent who just flat out, I mean, you wanted everybody to bring what, like $2 or $3? Yes, it was something st- like that. It's really party. small, not even a large amount. And the mother just came to you and said, she wanted to, but she didn't even have that. Right. She, right. she didn't have that. We're talking about a Title I school right. in a very rough area yes. where teachers want to quit yes. all the time yes. because not only are the classes full, not only is there a financial need and academic assistance that's needed, but there are kids that are emotionally yes. struggling. Last year you went through a situation where you had a young boy who would just become violent and picture this if you could yet other little kindergartners trying to protect the other kindergartners from this child right during this child and in those situations teachers cannot touch those children you can't restrain them you can't do any of those things so it just kind of happens and this child was literally throwing things he had stabbed a kid before with scissors? Is that no, 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 no. There was no, another no, one. No, that's different. A whole yeah, another. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else? Yeah. Well, okay. Different. Are you getting but, it? Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. but it's definitely these kids have issues with these other 22, and we're in the classroom trying to teach mm-hmm. with all these behaviors going on. So right. it, it definitely, teachers definitely need your support, your prayers, all of it. Uh, if you can volunteer at a school that you know is struggling or is right, a Title I right. school, and especially, and I guess I'm advocating for kindergarten because we feel like we kind of get left out because they focus on the older ones because of the star test, mm-hmm. but it's like we really are the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, we are where the gaps start. Right. So if we can catch them at kindergarten right. and get the support, mm-hmm. our kids would grow leaps and bounds. But they don't. They, there's 22 kids in a small classroom with one teacher and no aid. And no aid. So I am it. I'm the one doing all of it for 22 right. kids. You've had times where you tell me like you'd have a kid that just run out of the room. Oh, yeah. Just run out of the room and, and, yeah. and go away. And so you have to like either make a decision to run after that one and leave. You run after the one and leave the 99, sister. Leave the 99. Leave the 99. Just you know, go back. You know. And sometimes you just gotta let them go. But I tell you what, one of the cutest stories you told me is like when one of the children was acting out. You had that one little fake one. I can't even call his name, but I tell you what, he had my heart. He'd run out and go straight to the office. He's gonna get some backup for you. He's going he's to get some help. He's like, yeah. Miss Sterling needs some help down here. We, we got some stuff going on in the classroom. You got to come. So we're not just talking about, you know, give him a box of crayons mm-hmm. and just, you know, get some construction paper. No, we actually need people that, yes, can give. We want you to give. Yeah. And if you're not even giving to Tasha, give mm-hmm. somewhere, help, put in time. Another thing that was mentioned, you, you want books. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get some books here? Books. Yes. Yeah. We teachers are responsible for having a reading for having a reading center, but they don't provide us with those books. Now we have the curriculum books that they read or the books that they take home, but we're talking about like the extra books you would read to your child at nighttime, or the fun books, the things that they need when they're doing read to self, the the books that are engaging and have the pretty pictures and. And a lot of my kids don't have books at home. I can't tell you how many books I've packed for kids right. so they can have reading material over the summer. You actually do this thing where you're videoing uh, reading the books. We did. We read. How did that go? It went really good. We read the night before kindergarten, um, but me and Megan, who was uh-huh. on the show, and we sent it to our kids. Um, 
And we did that because some of them don't get bedtime stories. Some of right. them don't know what it's like to get read to or to sit in the lap. And so we really wanted. Wait a minute, you said to get read to and sit in someone's lap. And sit in someone's lap. They don't. This is really more than just giving out resources. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big need. Certainly. Wow. Certainly. Wow. Well, Tasha, I'm hoping that the people that are listening, um, that they will definitely give, that they will be a part, that they will plug in. Um, hey, look, um, we were sharing earlier about you uh, plugging in and giving resources. Again, I want you to go to NHISG um, mm-hmm. Media Network. Uh, and then you can go on the website, which is nhisgmedianetwork.com. And um, you can, there is a donate button where you can push it and you can donate. Uh, also, there should, you should find somewhere in there where you can give a comment and uh, be sure and comment. Or if you have anything else you want to offer, maybe you want to record some bedtime stories now. Come on, we can't have any of that scary stuff. But, I mean, you know, if you want to get uh, some of the cat in the hat, right, yeah. uh, green eggs and ham, I could get with a little green eggs and ham, right? Um, you know, books like that that kids would not, because did you hear her say they don't get that lap time. They don't get the bedtime stories. So maybe you could plug in like that. Maybe you can I don't know what it is you can do, but would you please do it? Again, we want you to go to nhisgmedianetwork.com. I got it right. Uh, I want you guys to be sure and do that. Tasha, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. We have a few more minutes to go. Uh, Is there anything you want to say? And then we're going to give that last 10 minutes to this uh, awesome acoustic group uh, called Capstone. I think the biggest thing is just plug in and support wherever you can. And then just remember that that I think sometimes we forget that teachers are human and they, they're supporting a family also. Right. And they're, they're single parents, too, that are teachers. And so the same thing that our students are facing, some of our teachers are facing, too. So I think that's important. The challenges in your home, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? We don't think about that. You think about, you know, my kid in your class, you take care of that. But when you leave my kid, you have to come home and deal with your own your right. own life and things that's happening. And so the next thing is that when if we're asking you to give, it is really it's not just so you can pad the teacher's pockets because I know we have people with that mentality they are getting paid to do their job, but they're doing more than just doing their job. It's not their job to go out and buy supplies. But when there is a need, it takes a special type of individual that will pull and take from your own home to make sure that someone else's child has. Not only that, I mean, you've had, you've given them snacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not talking about just lunch sounds like, but that child would be hungry. I remember you telling me about a kid that would just like eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Yeah. We don't know what that story was. You even had children that were stealing things that they didn't have to steal. Right. They could ask, they would steal snacks, steal food. There, there's something going on. I hope you're listening. Be sure and go to um, to NHISG Media and plug in, find, uh, refresh, plug in, go to our website, send help, support, books, time, resources, whatever you have. You have some hookups with maybe even a food bank somewhere, and you need to get some stuff brought in because guess what? Uh, they need help. We need shoes. We need jackets, sweaters, coats. Make comments. Ask those questions. You know, if you're like five or six years old, you probably wear a six and seven in clothes, you know, unless they're like little. And usually their shoe sizes kind of all stay right around in the same place. Call, ask those questions. There are children all over the United States that need you. We're crying out for Texas right now for Miss Sterling's uh, classroom. Tasha, I want to thank you. Uh, I thank you for what you're doing. We do appreciate that kindergarten teacher. I love my kindergarten teacher. She was the bomb, right? And so uh, we want to thank you, all right? Hey, guys, stay plugged in just for a few minutes longer. You're listening to the acoustic uh, playing of Capstone. Oh, Thank you, Lord, God.
any comments where you there's more that's needed. Uh, there's more than just money. There might be clothes, shoes, you know, jackets, book bags. They need books to be read to. Maybe you want a video. Again, uh, you reading a book to a small child. What a great grandparent gift you could do. And we could use that even at Christmas time for them to send that home uh, and they can have someone reading to them. We'll take it. However you want to support, just do it. Thank you, Tasha. Thank you, Princess. Thank you, all the hosts of NHISG that are supported this telethon today, those that went before me and those that will come after. We love you again. You listen to Refresh. Thank you. Again, thank you, Capstone. No. Oh.